All right, I got my microphone, I got my setup, and I'm about to take you guys on a journey to the, uh, oh my god, this is like the worst intro I've ever recorded because I don't know how to do this by myself. Shit. I mean, oh boy. joining us for the very first time. This is Icon or Ycon, the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time. Today is a little bit different. I'm here by myself. I'm hosting our first ever Icon or Ycon clip show. CJ is in transit, but it's Tuesday and we promise you goodies every single Tuesday and today is no exception. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through my favorite moments from all of the universes we've done so far. And the first one is just a clip from way, way back. It's our very, very first episode. It was about a year ago, peak pandemic. And uh, me and CJ just try to riff on Clerks. It was before the show had any kind of format where it was just two bros talking. And uh, we were successful at being just two bros talking. Uh, Listen to us digest this little juicy moment from Clerks. All right, so you're Dante. You're working at the quick stop. This guy needs to take a shit in the bathroom. Yeah, it's... Do you give him the nudie bag and sell him, like, he's obviously going to masturbate. Right, it's just, it's been, it's been a horrible day so far. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is going right. You, uh, the woman of my dreams is, is going to get married to uh, an Asian what is it? An Asian design major, design major, an Asian design major. And yeah, I mean, if that guy wants to go rub one out in the bathroom, I'm not really concerned. It's not, you know, I'm, I don't have a lot invested in the quickie Mart. Okay. You know, I, I, he's an older, an older gentleman. You got to respect your elders. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I certainly I mean, wouldn't, it's... I certainly wouldn't not check on him. He's been there all afternoon. Yep. He's in the dead. bathroom. Dead in the bathroom. We find out yeah. dead in the bathroom. Dead in the bathroom. Yeah, but I'm definitely has... I'm not I'm not gonna give him the toilet paper, just so we're clear. Like I'm gonna make him okay. buy the toilet paper. You know what? And I actually I'd like to amend my statement from earlier. I'm gonna make him buy all okay. the things. I'm gonna make him I'm gonna I'm gonna make him buy all the things. So if he buys all the things, he can go and like use the bathroom. Yeah, he's gotta pay for them. Gotta pay for them. How how busy is this quick stop? That Dante does not notice that he never comes out of the bathroom. I think he it's doesn't how, look that busy. I think it's how busy Dante is in his brain. Got it. I, you know, I think he's, he's, he's worried about Caitlyn's engagement. Julie Dwyer just died. He can't play hockey. His whole day is yeah. flutter. He's not noticing the man in the bathroom. Yeah. By the time three thirty, by the time three thirty rolls, you know the guy's been there since six. Yeah. He he gets there. There's gum in the locks. He, he gets bombarded with the cigarette guy. He finds out that his, his girlfriend is a habitual blowjobber. You know. I mean, habitual. That is not fair, CJ. We will not be slut-shaming Veronica. We're not going to slut-shame her, but let's just say that if she's 22 and she's given 36 blowjobs, let's say she started giving blowjobs when she was seven, uh, 17. <laughs> seven. Right? seven. 17. Let's say she started giving blowjobs when she was 17. Uh-huh. That's... 36, you know, that's, that's, that's six to seven blowjobs a year. That's habitual. Listen, hashtag I support Veronica. I, listen, I, nothing was said in a negative way. 
But in Dante's brain, remember we're talking about Dante and not in our Okay, world. okay, I see, I see, in I see. In Dante's brain, his girlfriend is a habitual blowjobber. Yeah. And he can't handle that. <laughs> blowjobber, is that a word? It is now because we've recorded it. <laughs> we've, we've set it to a bed of music. Yeah. Blowjobber. It's a thing. It's so musical. It's musical. It scans. <laughs> it scans. <laughs> Oh, man. Listen to us. We were so young and had zero idea what we're doing. Uh, We still have zero idea what we're doing, but I think we're a little bit better at it than we were back then. Uh, This next clip, I love this moment for us because it's the first time we got in a full-on brawl. And this is a longish clip, but I think our last Jedi fight will go down in history as being one of the most iconic things that we've ever done on this show. Take a listen. Here's my take on it. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. That reaction that you just had is the exact reason why he characterized him the way he did. It's because uh, it was too illicit, that reaction. Don't groan. I didn't groan during your 60 seconds. Don't groan during mine. It's contentious in here today. Everybody. It really is. It I really wanted is. to know that even though we're not in the same room, there is a thick tension brewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're angry. So, like, here's the thing, though. To assume that because at one point in his life, Luke behaved this way that when you meet him 20 years later, he should be behaving that way is folly in and of itself. To assume that all the experience he went through, all of his failures would not lead him down that path is foolishness. And so like to put the baggage we have of our understanding and our assimilation of what his character means onto what would have to be someone new because he's 20 years older, he went through some things and he made some very, very bold mistakes completely let his whole family down, completely let the rebellion down. Everything he sacrificed for, everything his life was building up to, he thought he had crossed the finish line and that he was in the place where he was supposed to be. He finally found his sense of belonging. He finally found who he was and he fucked it up. For us to think that a character could go through that and not come back completely changed and altered, that's that's ridiculous. So what he's created is a situation where he had the biggest most significant failure of his life and he is now broken and he is so broken that he retreats he tries to pull a yoda and exile himself right because he has done what his master before him did he spotted his weakness his failure his inability to be what the rebellion needed and he left he removed himself from the conversation now by removing himself from the conversation he is just alone with his guilt and being alone with his guilt on a place, a sacred place, has poisoned him. And he is just this fractured shell of a man. So yeah, he's completely left. He's cut himself off from the force. He is alone with these caretakers on a place that he seeks to abandon. And then a random woman comes up to him with something that is emblematic of his former life and tells him that his sister, who he he set on this path for, needs him and that his friend is dead these two pieces of evidence to that character that is that broken whose mental health is completely shattered at this point who has been living alone with his guilt drinking green milk from a siren this man does not take this news like we who know luke from episode six take this news we take this news as well you know luke skywalker springs into action and saves the day This broken man does not spring into action the other day. He can't. He knows he can't. 
he has already seen the efforts of his failure. In fact, the situation that she's coming asking for his help with is a situation he created. He knows he has the data to prove that he will be ineffective once again. He says the Jedi's legacy is failure. This is what he believes. He tells us this is what he believes. It's who he is now. So I buy it. So I buy it. There's problems. There's problems with that. There's problems with that because you do not, I don't care how, how 20 years has, has affected you. I don't care if you had the 20 years that you and McGregor had between you and McGregor and Alec Guinness. I don't care. Luke Skywalker looked into the eyes of the most evil, deadly man in the fucking universe and said, there's good in you. I know there's good in you and I'm here to get it back. Okay. Luke Skywalker ignited his lightsaber above the, the, bed of his nephew for a moment yeah right and his nephew thought it was for longer than a moment right luke skywalker doesn't doesn't do doesn't do what he does next after that right but maybe he does but when she shows up and she says han is dead and here's why other men and women I, I don't fucking care, man. Like, I'm sorry. I did that. That's my pro- that's my bad. That's my problem. And I'm just going to sit here with it. Luke Skywalker doesn't. Luke Skywalker doesn't. And if you want to tell me that Luke Skywalker does, but then still force projects himself across the galaxy to make the ultimate sacrifice, that's where I lose it. Again, it's in that last 20 minute chunk where you've set me up. Right. And I told you, I said, I can buy all of that. And, and the argument that you just made is very compelling. I'll buy that he doesn't want to, you know, it's he's reminded about Han and Leia. But then he has to stay there, right? Then he doesn't, he can't come in in the end and like sacrifice himself because that Why doesn't, not? it doesn't, because it doesn't align with the character choices that you said that he's made. People if, change. If, 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 you if, have to grow. You have Not to in grow. an afternoon. Not in an afternoon, man. Sorry, it, no. It is a very accelerated growth that he has. But the yeah, change no. of heart, the change of heart comes on fast and fierce. I will tell you this. Let's imagine we're in Empire Strikes Back, right? So like Yoda doesn't agree to join the fray. He doesn't say, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to join the fray. He's just like, I'll train Luke and you have to do this. And hopefully you will be the chosen one, right? 900 years old, you become, you join the fray. You would not. That's fair. But say, hypothetically speaking, Yoda does not join the fray. But I would bet money that if Qui-Gon Jinn force projects onto Yoda and he's like, yo, man, they just fucking need you right now. And like, I think you're processing this all wrong. And I, I think you need to respect the force and like do something a little bit more significant than just train a Padawan real quick. Yoda yeah, would I fucking force project himself over there. Yoda would do it. Yoda, I don't think Yoda has it in him, man, at that point in time. Well, it's it's not even about that. It's a matter of concept. Well, that's you're, that's what it's about. You're talking for me. about that's his physical fortitude. I'm talking about the concept of it. Well, I, I agree with you that he probably would if he could, but he couldn't, so he doesn't. But anyway, I want to get back to what you were talking about, Luke talking about the like the Jedi's legacy is failure. Yeah. That's another huge misstep for me. In really, the, uh, you're in a sh- you're in a shared universe. But over a thousand generations, the Jedi's were guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. So a thousand generations, and you're going to hang fucking 60 years on them and say that their legacy is failure? They were a thousand generations. They protected people, man. So like they had a slip up for like 60 years and got wiped out. Fine. 
Your legacy is what you leave behind. Your at, legacy is what their, you leave behind. What they left their, behind was failure. At the height of their powers, they allowed Darth Sidious to rise and become the Empire. They did. And then he says, and then he says, a Jedi Master was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader. Yeah, that's your boy Obi Wan. Okay, that you're dissing here. Luke Skywalker doesn't do that. Luke Skywalker doesn't think that way. How okay? many times have you marinated on an idea in your solitude? so long that you've created a narrative around it that's how people- yeah fine but i'm not luke skywalker bro like i'm not showing up at darth vader's castle and being like hey dad i think that uh, this was kind of all a mistake so let's go play some cribbage i don't have that in me right he's a human he is, is a, a human hero. he's a hero He's a hero, and he went on the hero's journey, which is an arc, an arc that doesn't exist in any of our characters in this movie except for Poe, okay? Yeah, that's and, true. And, 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 and is a disservice to the franchise. If, if, if Ryan Johnson were to finish the hat and say to Ray, Ray, I'm not coming, okay? Luke Skywalker says, Ray, I'm not coming. This is on you. I'm going to be Yoda. I'm not going to do this. Then I have a different opinion today. Interesting. But, but he doesn't finish it, bro. He's like the 2010 Giants, okay? They allowed Deshaun Jackson to score on the punt return. He's like the fucking 2016 Falcons. They're up 28 to three with four minutes to go in the third quarter and they lose the game, okay? That's what, he, that's what Ryan Johnson does in this movie. He does two hours and 10 minutes of great, new, fresh, unbelievable oh my god luke skywalker's a failure oh my god we really need to start examining our lives nope i'm not going to be the last jedi nope kids are playing with fucking toys at the end saying luke skywalker first of all how do they hear about that fucking battle right away what what, were they watching fucking force youtube fuck off but what he does he doesn't follow through he shrugs and fucking lets it and lets it all come back and we're right back where we started at the beginning of the movie at the end and that's why I hate this movie. We're not back where we started at the beginning of the movie. We're at absolutely all, back where I started. We are where we not started, bro. back where we started. Absolutely we're back not. Where we started. No, we're back because where we started because what we have done at the end Ray of Ray can lift rocks. Ray can lift rocks, so she's fucking a Jedi now. Come on, man. No, Ray. The genesis of Ray's character has always been problematic. She's too good at things when she needs to be. It's always the only arc in this movie. Poe is the only arc in this movie. Poe is the only one and that grows and develops. Grows, nobody else grows or changes. Not even Luke. Not even Luke. No, Luke totally grows and changes. Luke's no, interaction. the last 20 minutes don't count. The last 20 minutes don't count. The last 20 minutes absolutely count. They don't count because they've undone the first 210. They haven't done, undone the first 210. They're a development. No, nothing develops. It totally develops. How does nothing develop? So he's, he exiles himself. He says he doesn't want to. He trains her anyway. He's still afraid of the darkness. He's going to destroy the Jedi texts. And Yoda's like, it is time for the Jedi to end, you know, but there's also a sense of responsibility to the ones that grow beyond us. There's a responsibility you have as her master. And so what he does is he doesn't join the resistance. What he does is he buys them time to re-manifest. Yeah. Thanks for telling us the plan, Luke. Nobody tells anybody the plan of this Nobody movie. Nobody tells anybody the fucking plan. Nobody tells anybody the plan. It's a fucking narrative disaster. And he sh- and what does he do? The man who looked at Darth Vader and said, "Hey, most evil person of all time, I think there's good in you." Then he comes back and he's talking to his nephew, who he thinks he helped create, 
but he yeah. didn't. It was all Emperor Pal. Oh, nope, nope, not yet. They made that up later. It was all Snoke. Yeah. Right? He comes back and he's like, you're a little bitch, Kylo. Right? And, and, and oh, in the throne room where we say, kill the past. It's got to let it go. All these things, right? What does Luke say? He practically fucking quotes Obi-Wan. If you strike me down in anger, I'll always be with you. If you strike me down, I shall become yeah. more powerful than you. Yeah, no, That's it, what I'm saying, Andrew. He, un- he, does, he undoes it all. He's telling us, guys, this is a new way to do it. This is a new Star Wars. These are new, fresh ideas. Come on, come with me, come on. Actually, just kidding. We're just going to do everything the same. And instead of saying to Kylo, like, dude, I'm so sorry that I ignited my life, Cyber. He's like, see you around, kid. Fuck off. How many well, fuck offs have I given in this episode? And I think the saddest thing about the see you around, kid, is that you won't. You won't. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what you all are out there doing with your lives right now, but get yourself a friend that you can go that deep into Jedi culture with. That is a very special moment that we shared with you. I'm happy I got the opportunity to share it with you again. Now, this brings us to our next universe. That was the Santa Claus series, and I don't know if you guys remember going on that journey with us, but the Santa Claus movies are low-key excellent. And uh, in particular, I love how we both shared our love for the Molly Shannon sequence in Santa Claus 2. Here it is. Yeah, so I want to know about Molly Shannon. Why? (laughs) Is it it just because it's funny? Is it just because it's funny? She's so epic. That song gets worse and worse. There's got to be the one bad date where it's just, it's a complete fucking train wreck. And she's the perfect choice at the time, you know? I mean, she'd be the perfect choice today. So God bless her. Wow, she's had such a career. But it's that song that she sings and she's so into Christmas and you're thinking, well, this could work because she's so into Christmas, but she's an absolute fucking lunatic. So, you know, that first day, it has to go down in flames. That's part of the the, the construct. But like... She sings, man, I feel like a woman. It's it's a popular hit of the, it's actually like a couple of years <laughs> before the, it came out. So it's not really popular anymore, no, uh, but it's a nice, like it's a Christmas nice choice. Lyrics? It's a nice choice, man. No, I think it's good. I think it works so well. I think well, it's one I, of the funnier just, parts of the movie. Oh, oh, it's so funny. It just keeps, she, cause Molly Shannon, God bless. She just really goes for it. You know the director came in and said, okay, listen, I've got this idea. Christmas Christmas song, Shania Twain, you're fucking insane, go. And they shot it, and that's what came out. Oh, absolutely. I just love that she turns on him, too, when he's just like, that was a lot. And she's like, you know, oh, yeah. it took a lot. It took a lot for me to put myself out there like that. And if you can't respect that, like, <laughs> she's, yeah. she's so ridiculous. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work five minutes in, not even. Such a fun moment. I have so many more moments to share with you, but uh, I really just got to wrap it up with my favorite one. And I think you all know what it's going to be. It is when we got to do an episode with our dear friend Christopher Henry about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we did a whole episode dedicated to the ephemeral questions portion of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And... I got to get on my little platform that I'd been waiting four years to get on and share this with you all. And it's a super special moment for me. And it's my special award for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I think that's the last clip I should share with you. So here it goes. 
My special award for Zack Snyder's Justice League is the Bravery in the Face of Expectations Award. Aw. Amen. Because, yeah. think about this, guys. This man went through some shit to get those first two movies made. And then he went through some real, real shit with Justice League. Uh, they his, his daughter passes away and they butcher something he put a lot of effort and energy into. And they just murdered it and, and abused the actors in the process. And then fan culture takes us into a world where, and sometimes rabid fan culture is not healthy. It can be hella toxic, but fan culture in this instance, and there was some toxicity. You see it in Twitter. There's some cruelty that happened in the fan culture, but it did move the movement to a place where the studio had to listen to what the actual fans wanted. And it was in the spirit of getting this director's vision achieved. Now, Add to that the fact that there was a four-year gap. So this is a man that has to revisit this footage, get through the baggage of what that means to revisit the footage and piece it together and not be hamstrung by these extreme expectations put forward by the fans that demanded this movie to be created. He had every opportunity to fail with this execution and, th- and it managed to exceed our expectations. I think that's spectacular. Literally yeah, yeah. everything was working against him, including a global pandemic. And he got <laughs> the fucking nightmare epilogue filmed. There was nothing in his corner but the fan base. And even they are a volatile thing to fuck with. Right. And he really, yeah. and he really, really delivered. So that's why he gets that award because, like, I, I, I remember watching it, and I was just like, "How did he manage to make something better than I had dreamed it would be?" Because I walked into it completely understanding that the movie I've been imagining for four years, I wasn't gonna see. You know what I mean? I just, I, I had, I had an expectation for myself set so I could still enjoy it, and, and, and man, did he fucking deliver! He yes. really delivered in a spectacular dunk. way. And here's the thing. Back to what I said in episode one, his ego was not involved. He did not bring his baggage into the editing room with this. What he brought was his love of the characters and a desire to honor his daughter by completing the vision. Yeah. You know? Oh, my and, God. And At it, the end, when we, when we go to black and it says on. for autumn. Come on. Jesus. So good. I cried. I cried big time. It was time very today. emotional. Yeah. And so And did we did we did we all see the AFSP.org yeah. sign yeah. when when he yeah. drives up with the flat? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Unbelievable. No. no, it was it was there was no reason that this was as good as it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> every was, every built-in excuse. There was no reason. I, I would have understood anything and it was the pacing was gorgeous. The chapters were gorgeous. The special effects were fantastic. The acting was really grounded and good. The storytelling was even. Beats that you saw from previous movies were incorporated. Beats that you saw from the beginning of the movie were incorporated again at the end of the movie. It all paid off. It was it was exquisitely done, and he had nothing working in his favor, and I'm so moved and inspired by that. And I hope that this is a great step for him re-entering directorships. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, because I, 
I think I, I think this gives him permission to do his thing a little bit more. It is very yeah, inspiring. It, it's so it well earned. It's fantastic. So well it was great. Oh man, hearing that makes me want to go back and watch that whole long ass movie again. I'll do it. I love it, and there will come a time really soon where I watch that movie again. I stand by everything I said, and I think it was a beautiful achievement, and I'm happy that that was the last clip that I wanted to share with you. It felt like a a fitting finale. We are going to move into baseball next week, and I will be back with my dear friend and compatriot, the answer to my ephemeral question, Mr. CJ LaRoche. I hope you guys enjoy this little trip down memory lane, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 